I help you find your mm. own way? How do I know what's mm-hmm. better for you? I don't, but I can help you connect with your own source of wisdom uh, that will guide you yeah. to your own solutions. Welcome to the Unconditionally Worthy Podcast. In this podcast, I will guide you on your journey to connect with the true source of your self-worth. Each week, we'll discuss barriers to unconditional self-worth, the connection between self-worth and relationships, self-worth practices you can apply to your life, and how to use self-worth as a foundation for living courageously. I'm your host, Dr. Adia Gooden, a licensed clinical psychologist, dance enthusiast, and a dark chocolate lover who believes deeply that you are worthy unconditionally. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. Today on the podcast, we are talking about energy healing. So I started going to Reiki healing sessions with the person who's our guest for today, Dr. Marina Castina, um, in, I would say, August of 2020. I had a, a good friend who sort of like swore by energy healing. And she had talked about it for a little while. And then we had another mutual friend who was like, yeah, it was really great. Like, you should just go. And so I was like, you know what? Why not? Right? Like, why not try this? I'm, I'm sort of somebody who's open to kind of different types of healing, alternative medicines, things like that. And so I figured I'd try it. So I went to see uh, Dr. Marina and it was so helpful. I felt so much lighter, so much freer, so much more energy after our session. And since then, I have been going basically monthly. And it's really been a wonderful space for me to get in tune with where my energy's at, where it's open, where it's blocked, and to kind of move through and process through some of the decisions and transitions that I've had in my life. I think some of the things that stand out to me are, you know, conversations that I had with Dr. Marina before I left my last job and, you know, how, you know, the energy healing kind of supported me in making that decision and being in tune with with my intuition. I also think about, you know, going to her and telling her like, you know, we're going to, Jason and I are going to try to get pregnant. And so that was one session one month. And then the next session, she was like, are you sure you're not pregnant? (laughs) And this was before I had taken a pregnancy test. And I was like, you know, we've been trying, but I feel like I'm going to get my period. She was like, "Mm, okay, because there's a lot of energy going on there. Like, "Mm." It feels like a volcano, like you might be pregnant, basically is what she said. And the next day I took a pregnancy test and turns out I was pregnant. And so, you know, I really feel like this has been such a supportive space for me. And I wanted to share it with you. I wanted to share with you kind of Dr. Marina and her expertise and her wisdom and her insight about our energy and how healing our energy can be really a powerful thing on our self-worth journeys and just in terms of living the life we want to live. So excited to share this episode and this interview with you. And I'd love to know what you think. So leave us a rating or review and let's get into the episode. I'm incredibly excited to be welcoming Dr. Marina Castina onto the podcast today. Dr. Marina guides consciously minded individuals on a journey to reclaim the fragmented pieces of their souls. She was recently called a female disruptor by Thrive Global, and she helps people move from their lethargic status quo to ravenous living through her hypnotherapy and energy healing sessions, as well as spiritual retreats all over the world. As a hypnotherapist, energy healer, best-selling author, award-winning entrepreneur, and seven-time winner of the U.S. Department of Defense grants, she has been featured in such prestigious publications as Forbes, Entrepreneur, WGN, BuzzFeed, Thrive Global, People Magazine, and USA Today and has appeared on Telemundo and Hay House. Dr. Costina is also fortunate to have worked with such celebrities as Kanye West, Lorna Byrne, Mike Dooley, and Her Holiness Living Saint, 
Ama Shri Karuname. Karuname. And I am really proud, grateful to be able to say that Dr. Marina is my Reiki healer. And I go to her about once a month. We've been working together for probably about a year and a half now. And it's been so very helpful to me. And so I wanted to invite her on the podcast to share her wisdom and expertise related to energy and energy healing and sort of biofields and how we understand energy and how the inter- that intersects with um, our own wellness and self-worth journey. So thank you so, so much, Dr. Marina, for being here with me today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm, I'm so excited. excited to have you. So I would like to start our conversation as I start all of the conversations with the po- on the podcast, which is by asking you to just share a little bit about your own self-worth journey. Oh, don't we have, a- yes. <laughs> don't we all have that journey? Well, you know, it's interesting. I've been thinking about it because all my life I was wondering why did I have I used to have a very Mm. low self-esteem. Nobody would ever know because I'm very loud (laughs) and very energetic. And I would always be in the center of the group or whatever. But deep inside, I could not figure it out because I'm not your usual case. I grew Mm. up in a very loving family. I had no drama. Nobody beat me. Nobody humiliated me. Um, I didn't really have any issues with my parents, with my, um, you know, relatives. Everybody encouraged me and I actually was surrounded by a lot of Mm. unconditional love. So, you know, I understand when it's um, in the childhood, we have some trauma. But the more I analyze, the more I understand that unfortunately, and you know, for those who are becoming parents, that is something really interesting to remember that no matter how much love you give to your kids, there is still Mm. the environment out there. And even if you go to a good school at the age between, you know, five, and I would say even 10, even though usually they say seven, but that is where your understanding of who you are with the world is built. And I remember some really Mm. traumatic experiences in school, you know, where Mm. I was humiliated Mm. by my teachers when I was put on the spot, when a teacher pulled a painting that I made and started laughing at Mm. it. And I didn't paint for 30 Mm. years after that, you know, where I was trying to audition for singing because I have a very strong voice, but I um, lost voice. You know, I was coughing and the teacher Mm. just shut me down and I am still working on singing Mm. in front of the audience. I can sing in the shower, no problem. (laughs) So those are things that also affect us. And I think also I grew up with um, in a divorced family, even though my father was always great to me. But watching my mom doing everything for me and Mm. never having time for her, I learned not just that I am great, but that's Mm. how we women are that we run, 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 we never have time for ourselves. And I think that that state of just giving to yourself is very important. And that's a very important tool that we yeah. need to teach our kids. Yeah. yeah, it's such a good, I appreciate that you share this because I have a similar story. Like my life was really good growing up, right? There wasn't any big trauma, but you still can experience things at school, in the broader environment, right? You still sort of get these implicit messages about what makes you worthy that can really impact you. Absolutely. And you know, I grew up also in Soviet Union at the time when they were, Soviet Mm. Union was breaking down. So we didn't have any new values. We, uh, everything, we were Mm. all broke. You know, I grew up knowing that I don't deserve anything. I remember the first time I was on Michigan Avenue I could not make myself walk into those Mm. fancy stores. Like I wouldn't even walk there because I Mm. felt so small and it's just a completely different world for me, you know, and relationships where I would attract uh, people with addictions or people that, you know, did not really see my light over and over, trying consciously mm. to change the patterns and choosing on purpose partners that were different from each other, mm. but they ended up mm. to be the same person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yes. know how that is. Yeah. So, and I think for me, uh, the culminating moment was my lowest 
point in my life, I went through a difficult divorce and I remember that I lost everything at the same time. And it's almost, I remember I was laying on the floor. It was dark night. I was laying on the floor in a yoga studio because I didn't have a house and all labels Mm. were gone from me. I lost a job. So I no longer was a VP of whatever. I, all of my friends moved away that year, of course, from Chicago. So Mm. I didn't have any friends. I was no longer a wife. I, I didn't know. And I was laying and asking myself a question at the age already, like an adult woman. Um, mm. Who am I? What, why am mm. I? What is good about me? And that was a pivoting moment within me. And since then, of course, it's work in progress, you know, but I think that I opened myself up to my spiritual connection. I started learning about energy. I started learning about Uh, you know, all of these amazing tools that are available for us and that started seeing Mm. myself beyond this body and beyond beyond this Mm. lifetime, you know? And that transformed Mm. my self-worth. So connecting, reaching this sort of real breaking point, this real challenge where all of the roles were taken, were lost, and connecting to the part of you that's beyond the roles beyond these sort of things that we often think make us worthy was a real sort of transformative point for you. Yes, because to be honest with you, I came to the United States, you know, my mom and I, we didn't have much. We came with one, you know, bag here. You know, we had good a place in in Russia, but Mm. we were foreigners here. We started from scratch. I built roads. I went to school. I pulled myself to school for three jobs. And then I finally, after 10 years of studying and working really hard, I finally got my PhD. I finally got Mm. that uh, Michigan Avenue job. And you Mm. would think my self-esteem would change, but it didn't change. And so, and then... Uh, it's almost like I had to have mm. another awakening, understanding, like my new life started, where before I was following all of the rules that society tells you, get an education, get a good job, you're going to success in an American dream. Mm. But that didn't really mm-hmm. make me happy, didn't make me feel valued. I don't care how many degrees I had, I felt always inferior. And I had to go through the rebirth that was more of a spiritual character. And for that, in a perfect way, now that I see it, I was, mm. everything was taken away from me at the same time. Back then I was in a victim mentality mm. and I was thinking, why to me? And now I understand mm. it was for me because that made me really look at who yeah. I really am without all of these labels, without all of these degrees, without, I mean, Yes, it's important. I'm not saying education is not important, but it's just a part of you. All of those external things do not Mm -hmm. feed your soul. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's so powerful. I had a similar sort of like getting a PhD and being like, oh, this is still not doing it for me. This is still not making me worthy. And I think, you know, certainly we live in a society where it's like, it is the role. It is the job. It is those things that make you worthy. And so many people struggle because they're like, well, I've done all the things, but I still don't feel worthy. So what's wrong with me? And it's actually, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that this framework that we often live by, which is that these external things make you worthy just doesn't work. And I think that's one of the things that I really like about energy healing is that it doesn't, it just immediately goes beyond what is your role? What do you look like? What do you, right? Like it just bypasses that because there isn't a lot of, you know, when I go to you every month, we will chat about what's going on in my life to give you a sense, but it's just, it's not about, well, what's your position or how much money are you making or anything like that? And your assessment of my chakras and my energy is, it just sort of directly bypasses that and connects to something deeper which I think is really powerful. And I'm wanting to talk a bit more about that. So I'm hoping that you can start with just by kind of sharing the fundamentals of kind of energy healing and like how it works so that, you know, the listeners and everyone can understand kind of that as a starting point. 
Absolutely. I love how you said that you go beyond all of the surface things. Absolutely. Because I think that that's what we try. We try to create a portrait that Mm. other people will like. And that was my half of my life. I was trying to get approval of others with the things that are valued in the society. While then I fell down even deeper than ever and I resurrected with the idea that Mm. I really don't care what other people think. (laughs) The most important thing is that I live my truth and I am in harmony with myself and whatever you call my source, you know, for somebody it's God, for somebody it's universe. I don't care about the labels. I just, you know, that energy that is within all of us. And when you say that you go beyond all of this, I just recently had a TEDx talk that was called Your True Mm. Selfie. Mm. All of the selfies we make on Facebook, everybody's happy and rich and in beautiful relationship. Well, you can sit, you know, you can put anybody, the biggest stars, Kanye West was my client and the machine that I use or even the scanning within Mm -hmm. myself, right? It goes beyond all of your uh, successes. It goes exactly where mm. the problem is. And I had many people who would come and say, I'm okay. And then I would go, okay, mm-hmm. that's nice. Let's go to your second chakra. So talking about energy structure, right? You have a physical body. And then around your physical body, there are layers and layers of energy. We call it biofield mm. in, in the science. Actually, there is a science, biophotonics, that is dedicated to studying this biofield. And in esoteric mm. terms, it's called aura. And uh, aura is actually not a perfect term because it's bigger than biofield. Science only knows mm. one part of it. There is so much more that we don't even comprehend yet. So. Your energy, you know, for example, we have an equipment that, uh, you know, you can put your hands on or you can put your fingers in it. And the small electric um, current, you know, you don't feel it. It's going to trigger emission Mm. of photons. We, as a body, produce 100,000 photons a minute. We're Mm. all made of light (laughs) and a little bit of gas, like I always say, and a little bit of gas. Mm -hmm. It's a gas discharge um, um, kind of, right, also. And you, the machines now are so smart, they can capture it and translate it onto the body, onto the map of, um, I don't know, for example, Mm. Ayurvedic map or Chinese medicine map of, you know, like the body, right? And we can see which organs have enough energy or not. So when we talk in terms of like biophotonics, the most important thing is not to diagnose a problem. We're Mm. talking about a system and the energy Mm. needs to be in balance. So some organs that get a little bit higher uh, that need it, right amount of energy and some depleted, that's where the problem is. So we can look at the body and even see what might happen on a physical level. We can also see psychological Mm. issues that people might have, emotional problems, Uh, their challenges, they are uh, Mm. where they leak in energy because, you know, often Mm. you do everything right, you eat right, you exercise and you're constantly tired. Well, sometimes Mm. you have holes in that aura or biofield and that's where you leak your energies. We also look at the energy centers that are called often uh, chakras, right? Energy centers through which the energy runs. And those energy centers correspond to different areas of your well-being. So we can see if somebody is sitting there, I can feel it. Uh, but machine mm. can actually show you that you have a depletion in that chakra. So that means maybe you have mm. digestive issues. Maybe you have um, resentment sitting in you and closing your heart. Interesting. Things like that. It's so, it's so interesting. And I love the combination of like the science and right, like, and the ancient traditions, right. That have sort of known these things for, you know, centuries, centuries plus, plus, and then it's now it's like the science is catching up and showing all of these things. You know, you, every time I kind of go to you, I remember the first time I went, I came out of our session just feeling so much lighter, right? Like just, and you know, I had some chakras closed. I don't even, I don't remember which ones, 
But I remember feeling so much lighter, so energized. And that really is reflected in how I feel every time that I leave our sessions. It's always sort of really amazing to me to sort of how your, how sort of like your assessment of my chakras being open or closed often reflects so closely with something I am actually experiencing or actually coping with or actually dealing with. at the time. And so it's so interesting that there is something beyond just what we can know consciously or what we can know intellectually about ourselves that can sort of shine a light um, on how we're doing or what needs to happen or what needs to be healed. You know, it's interesting. Again, coming back to my like kind of uh, journey of self-worth, the first half of my life, I was dedicated to uh, uh, really using my conscious mind, the academia, the whatever. And now everything I do actually avoids Mm. conscious mind. I work as a hypnotherapist Mm. with a subconscious mind, as an energy researcher and practitioner. I work with energy because conscious mind is just 5 to 10%. And it's that machine that is very important, but it also is what traps us and disconnects us because, yes, thank you for your compliment that, you know, you tell me you leave the session, but you have Mm. that tool within you. Even without me, we all can tune into our body and feel if you have a squeezing in your solar plexus when you stand next to that person Mm. maybe that person is not good for you and maybe those butterflies that you have when you meet that supposedly uh, exciting new partner maybe that's your body telling (laughs) you run away (laughs) yeah you know because we're we're all looking for those kind of exciting things but we don't really you know Then years pass and we tell ourselves, you know what? I had that feeling. And then Mm -hmm. I talk myself into or Mm -hmm. out of it. In our age of we're so smart, we have smartphones, we have everything. And I'm sorry, (laughs) we're dumber than ever because we're disconnected from the truth. You know, we technology really is beautiful and I appreciate it. I use it a lot. But when overused, it disconnects it from us being really sensitive to nature. You know, and the nature is perfect and it's smart. I mean, I have a dog who is much smarter than me, who who knows the truth, who knows the true emotions, who doesn't need to pretend like we do. And we pretend, we reject, we suppress, and then we wonder mm. why we have addictions, why we have, yeah. you know, illness. Yeah, like I mean, that. I think, you know, you took an aura photo of me. I guess it's not an aura. I, what should, is it called an aura photo? Is that the right? Okay. Yes, or a photo. We call okay. it or a so photo. Or a biofield bio photo, photo, but nobody um, knows biofield <laughs> of me on Saturday. Yes. And you know, one of the things that really stood out was that um, I think my crown chakra was like the most, the dimmest or the smallest light, and was most closed. And you were kind of like, "Are you getting in your head?" And I was like, "Yes, right." So, and I know that this is this is a thing that I do that I get in my head to justify or reason through, right? That I'm leaning on this intellectual knowledge and needing to find reasons and ways to justify things that I may very clearly feel in my body, but, you know, and I want to trust that, but I have to sort of like, here's the intellectual, rational, reasonable reason that this is okay for me to follow this path or follow something like that. And so I definitely think that's an ongoing thing for me to sort of practice not relying so much on this sort of intellectual way of knowing and getting stuck in my head. I wonder if there are other things that you saw in my photo that, you know, we could share or talk through so that the listeners can have a sense of like how you use these types of photos and why they can be useful on your wellness journey, on your healing journey, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Well, thank you for saying that because, you know, many of us independent, educated women have the same problem. We go into our mind because that's what society tells us. Now, I have two rules for myself. When sometimes we're like on autopilot. So how do you know if you're in your Mm. intuition or if you're in your mind? Well, I'll tell you, whenever feel, whenever things Mm. feel urgent, Oh my God, I need to do this. I need need, Mm -hmm. that kind of energy. 
that's mm. always from your mind. Your intuition will open things up in a very peaceful way. And you are going to be excited, but in a different, not like rushed mm-hmm. kind of sense. You know what I'm talking about. And anytime I am mm. depleted, I feel sad or whatever. It's only because I'm in my mind. Because when you're out of your mind, all, all mm. of it is okay. And you, yes. you're an indigo, correct? Mm-hmm. Your, your overall color is indigo. <laughs> so you and I are sisters in or I, I am um, uh, indigo too. Indigo, so you can look at the picture. And first of all, everybody has a predominant color. So predominant color comes with life purposes, motivations, challenges, and things like that, talents. So your biggest talent, and it's true, you're mm-hmm. a super intuitive woman, but mm-hmm. you're also super intelligent. And you know how that is. It's mm-hmm. a gift and a curse like everything else. And that's why it is very hard for people like us is to balance that. I found in my business how to unify it because I cannot just be completely happy without the scientific part. I love mm-hmm. that. I love to research and, um, you know, get some tangible results. At the same time, I was not completely happy in academia because that was missing that kind of, you know, other realm. So combining the two and And I think you're doing it beautifully in your business because you talk about, you know, psychology, but you also create that uh, spiritual dimension, um, you know, and you talk about energy and things like that. So that is very important. I also think that that crown chakra was in that moment closed. So sometimes they're closed for a long time. But in your case, I think it was because Mm -hmm. you had a project or something and I could see the quality of your aura and we uh, monthly work and daily work that you do without our sessions of course that's very important it really shows because you had a very beautiful glow very solid something that you pick up you know you go to a party mm. everybody knows that you go to a party you meet people they didn't even say anything you're already like i don't like that person or uh, you know or like oh my gosh i love this person they didn't even do anything to be liked why do we do that and we say i got a good vibe well what is a vibe yeah that's what it is that's your energy that's your frequency that you are exuding and you either match with people or don't so your energy is very powerful and you're very welcoming and that people feel very mm. inspired by being in your presence because you're this indigo. You you have that kind of futuristic thing about you. You can see things that mm. yet have not manifested in the physical world, which again can be a trouble to you because <laughs> you need to explain it to people here and they're like, what are you talking yes. about? <laughs> right? Yes. But... That's what you do. Mm. That's how you guide people. You meet them where they are and you show them where Mm -hmm. they can be or could be, right? And all of your chakras were pretty open and balanced other than that crown chakra, you know? And you're going to listen, you know, hear from me, of course, (laughs) the Russian tough love that I give, right? So, yes, but Mm. that's, um, I do that too. So, that reminds me. Yeah, I so appreciate you um, sharing that, sharing your interpretation of, My photo feels very affirming. And I also like that you sort of are mentioning that we all sort of know this intuitively, right? Like even in the Zoom world, you can pick up on someone's energy, right? Even in the, you know, I've been in meetings where I'm like, "Mm -hmm. (laughs) no, thank you. (laughs) Exactly. I don't care how much you pay me. Or like, I don't want to spend time with this person. Like that just, whatever is going on with them, their energy, my energy not aligned. This isn't what I want. And I think so often we do have those feelings, but it's about trusting it, right? It's about not sort of talking ourselves out of that intuitive sense, that initial feeling that, you know, of what we get when we're with people. Um, And then I think there's also this piece around trusting our energy. And one of the things that I talk about on this podcast is sort of how do you like how you be how you show up in the world is more important than what you do and so often this is similar to what we're talking about with roles we're so caught up in the doing what do we do what am i doing for people what am i do what do i have to do i have to and we miss the fact that sometimes just being right just showing up and sharing our energy and just seeing how it comes through and 
that guides what we say or that guides what we do in a very intuitive sense, as you're saying, versus like a rushing mind, I got to fix it, I got to do something sense can be so powerful and supportive and healing of people, but we often have trouble sort of trusting that, um, trusting that we can rely on that energy to guide us and impact the world. Absolutely. And you know what? I once did this very cool exercise, eulogy Mm. for yourself, which when I wrote it, I wondered, uh, do I really (laughs) want people to list all of my accomplishments? Mm-hmm. at my funeral or do I want to hear how yes. happy they were with me how inspired they were in my presence how much love I gave them and that totally shifted my perspective on this whole doing thing and just I started showing up for myself and for other people more as a tool as a resource as opposed to well I have a PhD and I have the answers for you you know I never say I do Mm. it I only say through me because I believe that I help you find your Mm. own way how do I know what's Mm -hmm. better for you I don't but I can help you connect with your own source of wisdom uh, that will guide you to your own solutions into your own life journey. So yes, that is exactly what I think that's why you and I were so in the same vibration. I love that your work is about self-worth as mm-hmm. opposed to self-confidence. There is a big difference. Confidence for me comes from mm-hmm. the conscious mind, comes from all of these accomplishments and yep. showing to other people, you know, I'm confident, but worth has that spiritual dimension. It comes from this Germanic root, right? Of that means uh, highly mm. uh, of high rank, mm. value, significance. It has that dimension with something mm-hmm. higher than you, and I think in that way, you are mm. guiding your audience in that mm. you know spiritual journey, and for their highest self too. You know, I have to reach the higher that. dimensions. I'm wondering if you think that. People's struggle with self-worth will show up, right? And or will show up in an aura photo or how it would show up or how it would show up in, you know, chakras being open or closed. And and what's your sense of what you've seen and how how that might show up for people? You know that self-worth shows Mm -hmm. up in many different ways, right? And a lack of it. So for different people, it will be different. It's always a beautiful experience because first of all, all of Mm, us are so gorgeous. We could only see each other like these scanners. You know, I honestly have lots of projects and one of the projects Mm. I want to do with kids because I want them to learn that Mm -hmm. this is who I am. This is not like Mm. my nose is like this or I'm not high. You know, my height is not like this. I Mm. used to be a teacher in high school and I had these beautiful girls who just, always compared themselves to the models. And, uh, you know, that's just was so hard. So first of all, don't worry. Mm. You are going to be beautiful Mm. because we're all light and there are different colors and the mixture of colors. Nobody has the same aura like you. We're so unique. But at the same time, you are going to be able to see. For somebody, it could be the third chakra, which responsible, you know, is responsible for your sense of self-worth. And that's why you cannot also Mm. create money. It's net worth and self-worth. For somebody, uh, a lot of women have that. The stock second chakra is because we are in a doer. Mm. We're going to achieve. And we don't just stop and smell the roses and be this beautiful feminine. And it's not just men and women. Yeah. You know, feminine energy, everybody has it, right? So we all need that. People need to exercise that feminine energy of leaning back mm. and allowing things to come to their life or just watching as they unfold. For somebody, it will be root chakra that is really with your connection with this world of stability, security, but not, you know, worldly. But how did you come to to this world? How do you feel in the world? I know lots of very rich people who cannot sleep at night because they're afraid mm. to lose all of their wealth. That's not stability for me. And I know tons of people, you know, I traveled in the Dominican Republic, saw the poorest people Mm. who were the richest people in the whole world, 
They're not going to have anything to give you, but they're going to go outside and cut up that mm. beautiful flower and give it to you because they feel so yeah. safe. Mm-hmm. This is their world, mm-hmm. even if they live in a cardboard. You know what I mean? Sometimes it shows up in the heart because we hold resentment or grief. I had a client who, you know, divorced a husband 30 years ago Oof. and never moved on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right? Sometimes it's in our voice. We're so mm-hmm. trying to please everybody mm-hmm. and please small that we don't express ourselves. Often it is in the intuition, uh, fifth, uh, sixth chakra and the seventh chakra, the crown. That is your divine connection. If you cut yourself off divine, mm-hmm. I don't know how to live this life without any type of spiritual mm-hmm. connection. It's very difficult. If you think that's it, and this is the only limitation of your body, and you're alone yeah. then. So self, lack of self-worth shows up in very mm. many ways. But I think there is one remedy for it, is to really start looking beyond uh, these limitations that we grew up with in yeah. the Western society especially, you know, and then we start seeing ourselves as a part of something grander. And as a part, you're a needed part. We cannot mm-hmm. be without that part. The puzzle is not the puzzle mm-hmm. without one piece, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was making me think I have this in my um, unconditionally, worthy, unconditionally Worthy Group coaching program. I have a meditation that's around helping people connect to a light within and this idea that you're born with this light and it never goes out and it never gets taken away. It can get covered over or sort of dimmed by various things that happen to you. You experience a trauma, you experience abuse, you, you know, are harsh and self-critical, all these things, but it doesn't go out. And so it's like, how do we uncover that light so it can shine again? And so I love what you said that, you know, regardless of where people are on their self-worth journeys or if they're struggling with self-worth, they're still going to have an aura. There's still this light about them. And it's more about sort of tuning in and tapping into it and, you know, doing things that help loosen up and let it shine versus like you don't have any light and you've got to create it or get it from somewhere else. Absolutely. And you know, the coolest thing about this is to know that no matter how you feel within yourself, you are going to see that light on those pictures. And while we're in physical body, we will always have an aura. Mm. And even when we're gone, now there is research that starts capturing this energy that Mm. is transferring, going from your body. So it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Energy doesn't die. It transforms. We cannot kill energy. So that's an interesting Mm -hmm. kind of law of physics that helps us kind of get a new perspective. And another thing is that there is research that shows that when we are in love, and that can be older lovers, younger, you know, pet and uh, owner, uh, mother and, you know, child, we create, we erase Mm. the boundaries that by laws of physics Mm. should be pushing back. And they do if we don't like, Mm. you know, if we're not in love with the person. But when we're in love, we create Mm. the bigger aura around both of us. So the more people Mm. you truly love, the more powerful you become, Mm. the more you shine your light, Mm. which is amazing. You know, it's so cool to see research like that. I love that. (laughs) I'm wondering if there are specific ways that you see energy healing can be supportive to people on their self-worth journey. So let's say somebody is struggling with low self-worth and, you know, just how they feel about themselves, how they treat themselves and how they see themselves. How would you approach that from the sort of energy healing standpoint? Easy. Does it feel good Mm. or doesn't feel not good to you? That's it. Start listening to your own Mm -hmm. inner guidance. Do you shrink or do you expand? If you shrink, stop. Think about it. Why? Start writing down journals. And the more you do that, you don't even need to. You know, I had clients who come and they're so suppressing their emotions that they cannot Mm -hmm. even identify emotions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need to draw pictures, how they feel. That is very sad to me. But always, most of us, unless, you know, there's a lot of drugs involved, most of us can... Uh, seriously, most of us can determine, does it feel mm-hmm. good 
you know, plus smiley face mm-hmm. or not smiley face. And even that in itself, start choosing your guidance. And in general, the word choice is very important. Today I had a conversation. Somebody told me, oh, you travel so much. One day I will be like you. And I said, mm. what stops you? I choose. It's not like things mm. are happening to me or somebody gives me my trips. I put mm-hmm. my priorities as a trips, as traveling. So I organize my life around it. Or somebody tells me, you have so much energy. And I always say, it's my choice. You have the same toolbox. I choose not to drink alcohol. I choose not to use substances. I choose not to eat toxic foods. I choose not to be with many people. And sometimes Mm. it's lonely, but I choose that. Mm -hmm. That is my choice because my energy is my choice. So write down things that you want to have and you don't. And now start looking. Where are you not Mm. choosing you? And how that plus and minus feels good or bad, how did you Mm. use that guidance in order to create or prevent Mm. yourself from creating that? It will be very clear. You don't need to have a degree in psychology. You can just see it. You know, usually we can always look at a person and understand how they feel within because because of what they have Mm -hmm. and what they lack. Yeah. I love that you're... simple. Yeah, no, sorry. I was going to say, I love that you're simplifying it in that way. I mean, you know, of course it's not, you know, there is this, the whole science to it and everything. And, you know, self-worth journey is a journey mm-hmm. of a lifetime, I believe, you know, because we're constantly shifting and the understanding of ourselves is changing. And it's a beautiful thing. I also think that judging experiences in life as good or bad is mm. a very dangerous thing. So once you understand that you're bigger than this body and this lifetime, you start understanding that everything is for Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. even the worst experiences. And once I stopped being that victim and every time somebody's annoying me or the pattern is repeated, I Mm -hmm. tell myself, you choose this. If you didn't, you wouldn't be attracting it over Mm -hmm. and over, over and over, over and over, you know? So I think that the choice, listening to your guidance and stopping you know drop that judgment Mm. of good and bad and listen to what it tells you to unfold Mm. within yourself those are the very good starting points for yourself i think that's so helpful and i think the other thing that i might say is for people who struggle with articulating things verbally right who are not verbal processors i think you know, going to a energy healing session, doing Reiki can be such a powerful way to sort of start, you know, or like move beyond a plateau in this journey. Because sometimes we can't access the words to express or communicate what's going on or what's hard for us. And I think exploring some of these different types of healing and different ways of relating to ourselves and getting in touch and in tune with ourselves can be really powerful. I agree. And you know, it's interesting. Sometimes I usually talk with clients, but there is here and there clients who just come Mm. and they're so shut down. And I always tell them, Mm. you know what, just lay down. And when we start working, Mm. they start bawling. And these are people who didn't cry for like 15 years. I had a guy who never cried for 15 years. How do you not cry? I cry about everything, (laughs) you know, Mm. for 15 years. And he started bawling on that table. And it was the most beautiful Mm. thing because he just was this true person who experienced that. I also think that's our society. It's just creating that stigma about us not expressing our negative emotions like it's something is wrong with us. It's a beautiful thing. Like when you judge yourself, think about somebody who expressed uh, their pain or Mm. weakness in front of you. I don't know about you, but for me, that's the most Mm -hmm. attractive thing about Mm -hmm. another person. You know, when they can honestly sit and express, I feel sad or I feel Mm -hmm. angry, Marina, with you. For me, please talk to me like that. Don't pretend everything is okay. Yeah, And it takes courage. It takes courage to honor how you feel and then communicate that to someone else. And I think 
the more worthy we feel, the easier that is to do because we're not worried that, oh, if I'm having this emotion or I'm upset, this person will reject me. And if they reject me, that means I'm unworthy. But if we're saying, you know, I know my truth, I know what's right for me. I know it's true for me. And so I'm going to express and communicate that in a constructive way, right? It makes it easier to do that and to feel like that's okay instead of feeling ashamed about it. I love it. And it also creates space for a Mm. person next to you to be vulnerable because if you, so if you're in a partnership where you feel the lack of emotional connection, start expressing yourself and see the magic often, you know, because, you know, there most people, they react Mm -hmm. with empathy to that. And when you start, the other person wants to, they are getting the, oh, okay, we can do that here. It's safe to be here. So that's a very great tool. And that's where the true intimacy mm-hmm. is, not where we, we create some, so many boundaries and we meet somewhere, uh, you know, this is my version, uh, you know, 30th <laughs> layer. Uh, that's mm-hmm. my version of Marina that meets the mm-hmm. 50th layer of somebody. And that's where we communicate. No, that's not the intimacy. So that's the beautiful thing about you. And yeah. So, yes, yeah, I, agree. I agree. I agree with you. Intimacy comes with truly showing yourself to another and letting them show up for you, right? I think we're so scared of showing our true selves because we fear that we're going to be rejected. So we try to shape shift and twist ourselves into a pretzel. And then we wonder why we never feel accepted. Well, we're not showing our true selves. We're not allowing people to love and embrace us for who we truly are. And usually at the core of that is we're not loving and embracing ourselves for who we truly are. And so then we don't think anybody else will. And so this being honest, being in touch, being open, right? Practicing these things really can be powerful and transformative. And it's very Mm. healing for your energy. You release all of these blocks and it's great. And we love the songs Mm. that have all of these sad lyrics. Why? Because they are helping us express that emotion that is usually stuck and blocks our energy. And when your energy is blocked, you can do whatever. You can read Mm -hmm. books on self-worth and uh, go to trainings. But if your energy is stuck, it's very hard to shift it without, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just release. You yeah. have to have some Right. And so that's where, I, yeah, energy healing can be so practical. Wow. Can be so helpful. <laughs> I think that's what I'm trying to say. And I think that's also mm-hmm. why, mm-hmm. you know, in my work with people on their self-worth journeys, I'm often, I'm usually offering practices, right? They're like, how do you show up to yourself, to your internal world? to the world outside of you in a different way, right? They're practices. And I think I could say they're practices that allow you to release the past, allow you to embrace your feelings, allow you to sort of shift your way of being, which often when we're anxious and when we're worried and we don't feel good, it's very constricted and very small and very tight. And it's like, how can you breathe? How can you open up? How can you sort of not crouch through life feeling like a victim? But as you're saying, like, open up and live fully. I love that you sort of talk about a ravenous life, right? That that that's your, you know, that's what you help people to do is not just lead sort of a dull, okay life, but to be sort of ravenous and fully engaged in the world. Yes. And ravenous Mm. includes messiness. You know, ravenous is not this, you know, beautiful cutting the (laughs) apple by little pieces and chewing 33 Uh, times. It's biting into that apple. You know, the saliva (laughs) is there, the bleeding, you know, of the gums. And but that's Mm -hmm. when where the taste is. Right. So that's what ravenous is to allow yourself Mm -hmm. to be messy, to be imperfect, to be angry one moment, sad another moment. And just live with whatever this journey has for you because it's all beautiful. And I want to tell you that my biggest message to you is to say, you know, that you are a chooser, Mm. not a choosier. That's Mm. a word I always created, right? That, you know, life Mm -hmm. is not happening to you unless you let go, you know, unless you decide that everything is happening to you. You can choose at any moment. The greatest thing about energy work is that energy Mm. changes right away. 
You don't have to just because you were stuck mm. for 35 years. You mm. can unblock mm. right away. That's why I love it because release happens. And you know, mm-hmm. we do this exercise with the pendulum. I show you when the pendulum moves, uh, that means you create energy. And when it's stuck, it means that it's blocked. Mm. Right after every session, you're all open. Not because of me, not because I'm so great, but because mm. I am the channel for you. Mm. Because you have it. You are the healer. Everybody has access to that beautiful mm. uh, source of I love that. Within. And that's such a great note to end on for our conversation today. And I'm sure that people are going to want to know how to follow you, how to connect with you, how to you know, take advantage of your wisdom and your teachings. And um, yeah, so please let people know how they can get in touch with you. Thank you so much. I think just go into my website and all other information on tons of other social media is there. It's drmarinacostina.com and it's spelled D-R Marina, like place with boats, Costina with a K.com. That's awesome. it. And so uh, we'll link all of that in the show notes. Be sure to follow Dr. Marina on IG as well, because she posts a lot of great posts and videos there. And, you know, I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast, for all of the wisdom that you've shared. I think it's going to be really helpful for people. I imagine there's a lot of people who are sort of don't know that much about energy healing and are curious about it. And so I think everything that you shared has been so insightful and so wise and really helpful. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for your light that you bring to everybody. So thank you. Thanks for joining me this week on the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. Make sure to visit my website, dradiagoodin.com and subscribe to the show on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Adia Gooden. If you love the show, please leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Lastly, if you found this episode helpful and know someone who might benefit from hearing it, please share it. Thanks for listening and see you next episode. This episode was produced by Chris and Tiana and the music is by Wadaboy. Boy.